0: Go ahead and open up your Bibles to it, John 14 verse one. We will also have it on the screen, so um, or you can use, of course, your tablets, your phone, whatever. John 14:1: "Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me." If you would bow your heads, I'd like to open up with prayer. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are here with us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We thank you for your sweet presence and goodness. And Father, I ask that you would speak through me, that you would touch every heart, every life that is here, that they would hear the voice. Within my voice speaking to them, you have a word for each individual that is personal. And I pray that they would hear your voice this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So when the opportunity presented itself for me to preach this morning, I asked God, of course, what do I share It was a little bit of a short notice, right, just yesterday. And so I was like, okay, God, I can do all things. What is it that uh, you have for your people? You know, this world is hurting. There's so much happening. And even here in Palm Beach County, it's like all hell has broke loose. I can't tell you the number of people that have called me saying, I feel like all hell has broke loose in my life. People are dying, getting sick. Fear is at an all-time high. You can feel it in the atmosphere. I'm not trying to be super spiritual, but really you can feel fear in people's lives, in workplaces. And as people of God, we cannot react. Hallelujah. We have to respond. And respond with the knowledge of who we are in Christ, right? Who we are in Christ and what we know is ours as children of God. I'd like to read Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. It says, let us hold fast, church. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Another translation says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. We need to check our hearts, church, especially during the times that we are living. We need to ask ourselves, what lens am I looking into this season with. We need to know the word of God and look at our life and our world through that lens. It is the truth that anchors. It is what we build our life upon. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 7 starting with verse 24. who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall." I want you to imagine two houses looking the same on the outside, yet having two different results when the wind came, when the floods came, when the rain descended. Our house needs to be on the rock. The rock, God's truth. It's steady. It's stable. It's consistent, amen? Sand, the world's principles, its system, shifting constantly, changing. We have to get out of the sandbox. We must detox from this world, from its system, from its way of thinking, from its way of seeing things, we can't view the world like the world does. We need to have a lens that sees things through the eyes of our spirit. We've got to get the bad stuff out and put the good stuff in the good stuff. The word of God. Just getting the bad stuff out is not enough. We'll end up worse. We've got to get the good stuff in. We've got to get truth deep inside of our heart, out of our head and into our heart. But we start here, right? We speak it, and then God begins to flood our heart with it. What does the word of God say about my situation, about my life, about what I'm facing? Let it be on your lips. Your heart will follow. Begin to speak it. Let it be your meditation. Let it be your comfort. Let it be your peace. You know, it's real easy to get our praise on when everything is going great. We're like, our praise is a weapon, right? All, All is well. And then something happens, crisis comes. But guess what? Our praise is still a weapon, right? That God has given us to do battle against the enemy. We live in a fallen world. Bad things happen to good people. It rains on the just and the unjust alike, But we have a father in heaven that loves us, that is for us, amen. We all want to soar like an eagle, right? I know I do. But we got to get the sand out that's holding us back, that's trying to keep us bound by fear and worry. It is not the will of God. You want to enter a new season? Then you've got to exit the old your old way of thinking, your old way of, th- of, of doing things, there is a new way. If you've come to know Christ, there is a new way of thinking. There is a new way of doing things. Again, what lens are you viewing you your life and the world around you? See, many times when there is a crisis, we revert to our old ways of thinking, our old ways of doing things, and we don't even realize it. My opening verse today was John 14, 1, where Jesus tells his disciples, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. It's important to understand that in that chapter before this, chapter 13, he, Jesus, was telling his disciples about his crucifixion, that he had to go, and where he was going, they could not come. John 13, verse 36, Simon Peter speaks up. Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. These disciples had been walking with him for years, and now he's telling them that he has to go. Confusion set in. And wait a minute, Jesus, you can't go. (laughs) You have the words of life. They didn't understand what was happening in those moments. But Jesus had a plan. But the disciples at that time were confused. They were scared, like many of us. They had so many questions. We don't know who or what to believe anymore. hmm? I've often told people that when you have a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of what ifs and these thoughts, that so often come in the middle of hardship especially, it's time to lead them, to leave them at the foot of the cross and focus on what you know to be true in the word of God. That's where we set our mind on. That's where we choose to meditate on truth. The disciples were scared, and Jesus basically says to them, trust me you can trust me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Why would Jesus say that unless it was possible? That in the midst of a crisis, that in the midst of a hard season, you can not let your heart be troubled. You can put your hope and your trust in Jesus. You can allow the spirit of God to rise up inside of you and begin to speak his word. And your heart will follow. Three things this morning. To anchor your emotions. Because we got to reel those babies in, right? Depending on what we're going through, we got we to gotta reel them in. And we got to renew our mind. And remember what the word of God says. Number one, put on your spirit lens. We must change our perspective on life and how we see it in the natural. We need to see through the eyes of the spirit. And I know I got a lot of ladies here that were at our Lila's Summer Nights. And on our Lila's Summer Nights, we talked about the fact that we are a three-part being. We are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. But we are spirit. And in those times, we have to allow the spirit, right, to to take control. It's looking really bad out there. But praise be unto God who always causes me to triumph through Christ Jesus. I can't tell you how many times I said that this week, right? But, right, keeping our faith on the right side of our butt. My husband actually has a message titled that. But it's so true, right? You're not going to deny the facts, right? But you know what the word of God says. So you begin to speak it, right? We got to speak to our mountains. Someone else's experience does not have to be your experience. Someone else's story does not have to be your story, I feel like God is just telling us, don't look to the left or to the right. There's all kinds of stuff happening in this world, but we need to keep our eyes on him. We need to not get distracted. And we need to not say, okay, that might have happened to them, but that is not going to be my story. As for me and my house, right? And we begin to speak and speak life to our situation. One speaker I listen to says, we can't be falling apart like a $2 suitcase right? At what we hear, at what we see. No, no, no. We have our moment, right? We have our moment, but we get back up. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. We can't let the thought of death and sickness paralyze us with fear. When We, we must see life through eternity. This momentary affliction cannot be compared to the glory that awaits us. Amen? Now, I don't want to die, of course. What I'm saying is we must walk with a heavenly perspective and take the power of death rooted in fear, right, and place it in its rightful place under our feet. Under our feet, the greater one lives in us, right? Every cell in our body, we need to declare response to the name of Jesus. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When Jesus died on the cross, he overcame, the Bible says, death, hell, and the grave. And Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. And then, church, you know what he did? He began to speak about eternity. He began to speak about eternity. <laughs> he wanted us to have a heavenly perspective when trouble came a knocking, because it comes a knocking. How do you perceive what's happening in your physical realm? Listen, I've been through some trauma these last couple years, and yes, our family has come a long way. And when something happens that resembles the past, my past experiences, I have to consciously battle and choose to realize and remember how far we've come. Because in that moment, or in those moments, the enemy immediately comes. And he begins to tell me, it's never gonna change. You're right back where you were. And I have two choices. I can just let that thought linger, or I can say, devil, you are a liar. You are under my feet. I know the end of the story. I know that I have the victory. This is not gonna be my story. He wants to paralyze us with fear, right? That things are never gonna change. But God is greater. God is greater. He begins to paint these horrible things in our imagination. I know he has for me, you know, of what the future is gonna look like. And I have to say no. Uh-uh, I'm going to change that picture. I command my soul, right? I tell my soul what to think. I tell my soul, uh, nah, we're going to go someplace else. We're going to call heaven to earth. And we're going to remember what God says about this situation. And I have to stand up, man. We have to stand up and say, no, not today, Satan, right? Like them shirts. I love them shirts. I think I've mentioned it before. But it's so true, not today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, and sometimes it's not immediate. I'll have my moment. I'll be crying and hurting and just in my feelings, right? And that's okay because it's natural and tears are healing. So it's okay for you to cry. It's good for you and to be upset. How are you going to rejoice, right, immediately when you get bad news? I mean, you got to be, I haven't been able to do it, you know, But, but God, right? And so I pick myself up, I shake myself, and I remind myself the spirit of God will quicken you. And you'll be like, okay, wait a minute. (laughs) This is not my story. I know what Jesus says. That's why we got to have the word, right? In us, church, we can't stay there. We have to shake ourselves. We have to tell ourselves, I am not hopeless. I am not helpless. Boy, this world... Makes you feel like you are helpless at the crazy that is happening, but you are not helpless. You have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of you, and you have to tap into that and begin to walk out your faith. Huh? Do not let your heart be troubled. Number two, to anchor your emotions, take thoughts captive. We must choose to be spiritually minded. Be intentional. Choose thoughts of peace. Speak the word of God, and your heart will follow. This week, my eldest son had to have emergency surgery for his um, appendix. He had appendicitis. And I was offered the amazing experience many of us have had. Uh, to practice what I'm preaching today, when you call the hospitals and try to get an update, and just try to get a nurse on the phone, and you can't find someone to just give you some answers, and in those few hours without getting answers, you know your heart can get a little bit mm, anxious, maybe. You know, like what is happening? Is my son fine? All these things, and I just had to say, you know what? I know God has a good plan for my son, a plan to give him a hope and a future, an expected end devil, you're a liar, all is well, all is well, and I began to speak that, and you know what? I decided I was not going to let my heart be troubled, and I chose to rest, doesn't mean I stopped calling, right? (laughs) But I let my heart rest, you know, I wasn't all frantic on the phone, you know, I'm just like, okay, I still want answers, but I know that God had him, and that he wasn't alone, and that brought such peace. Jesus said, in this world, we will have trouble. We will have tribulation, but rejoice because he has overcome the world, right? And this was right before his crucifixion that he said that, and we rejoice because we know the fight is fixed. We rejoice in the midst of trouble because we win no matter what. Listen, even those who have gone before us, they have won. They, they have won. They're in heaven with Jesus. They probably wouldn't want to come back if they could exchange heaven for all that we're walking <laughs> through right now. Oh, I think not, you know. They're definitely in a better place. Listen to what Second Corinthians says. Second Corinthians 4, verses 17 and 18. For this light... Momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. No matter what you've walked through, no matter what you've been through, this momentary affliction, whatever you're going through today, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Verse 18, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, they are temporary, they change, but the things that are unseen are eternal. There is a glory that awaits us beyond all comparison. It can't even be compared to what we have experienced here on earth. I tell you what, that's good news. That's good news, church. Point number three, stay focused. Very important. Stay focused. There's all kind of distractions out there right now, and we must stay focused. Finish your race. Stop looking to the left and to the right at somebody else's race. You run yours. You do what God has called you to do, right? One of my favorite portions of scripture, I actually received a notification of recently on Facebook. I had shared it on a post to my son, Caleb, when he started college five years ago. It's 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run? Their very best to win, but only one receives the prize. Run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Now every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control in all things. They do it to win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. Therefore, I do, not run with a, I, I do not run with a definite goal. I do not flail around like one beating the air, just shadow boxing. But like a boxer, I strictly discipline my body. I'll say that again. I strictly discipline my body. My body, that is key there. Discipline, it just doesn't happen, right? Our old ways of thinking, our old ways of doing things, we have to discipline our body, discipline our soul, to run to God, to not give in to the flesh, to not just be led by our our emotions, right? We gotta harness them. I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached the gospel to others, I myself will not somehow be disqualified and unfit for service. If there's one thing I can encourage you with today, church, it's to keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Make sure you're building your house on the rock, Jesus Christ, because if you have eyes to see, church, the wind is blowing. The rain is descending, and the floods have come. Will your house still be standing? Run your race. It's a crazy world, but we must choose not to get distracted. Keep preaching. Keep praying for the sick. Keep letting your light Shine. Hallelujah. In the darkness, light shines brightest. Hallelujah. My encouragement to you is to let your light shine. It's a dark world, right? Darkness everywhere. But there's a light in you that God wants to just light up every room you enter, every life you touch with His presence and with His goodness. Determine, your house will remain. Amen.